This is the Seafair Investor Podcast, bringing you the tides of investing and personal finance from to millennial seafarers and alike. I'm your host, Soshin, a full-time seafarer, value investor, and a personal finance enthusiast. Welcome to episode 11. In today's episode, I will be talking about the difference between passive and active investing. In order to help you to know which investing approach suits you the best, as this is important, especially if you're starting investing. I'm also going to talk which approach I am doing myself and why. Let's go! Now, I hope at this point when you're listening to this episode, and because you're specifically listening to this episode, I will assume that you are kind of ready to go forward into investing, which means you've already covered your finances and budgeting, you have an emergency fund, an insurance at least, and you have this excess money sitting around that you want to invest. Now, with money, there are many ways to grow it, and the same applies in stock market investing. But generally, there are two approaches, which is either going passive or active. Now, before I go into explaining what is passive and active investing, I will go through first with a series of simple questions. It's to help you decide right away which type of investor are you. Don't worry, it won't be a long ass list. (laughs) So, first question is, do you have an interest in studying businesses? You know, picking individual stocks. Second is, do you have the time? Or would you make time in doing so? And lastly, do you have the knowledge or are you willing to study to have the knowledge in picking stocks? So the answer to this is only yes and no. And if your answer is mostly yes, then you can go with active investing and build your own stock portfolio. And if your answer are mostly a no, then you should go with passive investing, which is a hands-off approach. Well, almost. (laughs) So now that we already covered that part of knowing which investor are you, I, I think I can proceed now into explaining the differences between the two to give you a more better context, and maybe you can decide more. So first, let's start with active investing. And A disclaimer, (laughs) this is what I do myself. I love studying great businesses. I allot most of my free time doing it even when I am at sea working now. (laughs) And I am willing to be a lifelong student of the craft. In short, this has become a passion of mine. The idea of having money work for me even while I sleep instead of working so hard for money itself, is really what attracted me to the idea of picking great businesses to put my money into. Okay, before I 
get carried away, um, <laughs> active investing is essentially like what the questions I asked earlier mean. It's picking individual stocks or companies. And it's doing it yourself. You are actively managing your own money instead of having someone do it for you. You build your own stock portfolio. You buy different businesses in different sectors like energy, property, banks, etc., etc. And you also decide the position sizing of each stocks and asset allocation. And overall, you study each one of them. Sorry, <laughs> I know this is becoming a bit overwhelming, but and with had and with so much things to do, but this is what active investing really means. You do all the hard work, the research, and at the same time, you have yourself also as your worst enemy with with a lot of behavioral biases that you need to know. This is why I understand the reason why most people should be doing passive investing instead. Active investing is just not for everybody, and and I'm not saying it makes you special or not, but but it just it's just a passion. It also and and also if you think that you are you want to be an active investor, then stick around in the podcast and because. Future episodes will dig more into it. Now, as a seafarer, I always tell my co-workers and friends in the industry to go into passive investing instead. Not because I don't think that they can do it, but because mostly they all answered no in the simple questions I asked earlier. And and also the reason is is investing in the stock market is mostly done online nowadays. And most seafarers in our age, I mean at our time now, they still don't have good internet at sea. It's kind of okay if they're always in port as they can buy an internet sim and have a signal, but the usual seafarers that I know tend to have long voyages, which means there isn't much of a signal that's slow internet. As for myself, I am lucky to be in a ship which has a reliable internet most of the time. <laughs> and this is not common among ships, especially the older ones in tankers and bulk. So that's why all the more you want to go into passive investing if you're a seafarer in a slow internet ship. You don't want to have your trade not going through because the internet suddenly goes away because of a bad weather at sea. (laughs) And the goal of active investing is, of course, beating the market returns. And that market depends on which one you want to be your benchmark. It can be the Philippine Stock Exchange Index if all your portfolio is in the Philippines. Or the Vanguard All World Index if you have a global portfolio. Of course, this benchmark are just personal preferences. Let's say, for example, you put the Philippine Stock Exchange Index or PSEI in short as your um, benchmark. In the studies, it gives out um, an 8% return every year. I mean, this is 
Okay, this is just, an, just a hypothetical number. And let's say you invested in the PSEI. You, in the 8%, you expect your money to grow 8% every year. And being an active investor means you want to grow your money more than 8% that the market provides annually. Because if you don't manage to grow your money more than 8%, then it's just better to just go passive investing and put your money in the market. (laughs) And also, my goal also is to beat market returns. And only time can tell if my investing style and picks will do great. As I've said in my previous episode, Investing is a marathon, not a sprint. It takes a long time for compounding to work. A one-year great performance does not mean it will continue in the next 5 or 20 years. Actually, a a thought came to me. Let me share this existential dread in active investing that I heard recently from Nick Majuli. He is a writer of a popular blog post named Of Dollars and Data. It's a good blog about personal finance but uses more data analysis as he is also a data scientist. (laughs) Anyway, what he talks about is this existential dread in active investing, which is how would you know if you're good in stock picking? Because It's really kind of hard to say if one has the skill or not. Because stock picking is not the same as, say, playing basketball as Nick Majuli said. Because in basketball, if you see someone play in the court, you will immediately know he has a skill in playing in in the way he handles the ball or shoots it. But of course, I'm not an expert. It's just an example by Nick Majuli. But... He also, he argues that with stock picking or active investing, it's different. You cannot tell if it's a skill immediately. And the point is with basketball, you will know immediately someone is good. But in active investing, you can pick a stock and then wait a year. And if it turned out good, does it mean you're better or just lucky? This is why it's, it is a kind of an existential dread because active investing is playing a game where you really don't know if you're good at it. It needs a long amount of time to say with a bit of confidence that you're good at it. But then again, even after let's say 10 years, you can still be proving wrong by the market. So this is the issue I wonder almost every day if I can be really good. But this is also the reason what pushes me to know myself more and study more to be better. However, if the market will prove me wrong again and again, I won't hesitate to throw in the towel and just go passive investing. But at the present, I don't see any reason to do so as I'm relatively still early in this game. Now, let's move on and talk about the other opposite end of investing, 
which is going passive. If you answered no to all the simple questions I asked earlier, then passive investing is for you. It simply means you want to follow an almost hands-off approach into investing. I am saying almost hands-off because you still need to rebalance your portfolio every now and then. And of course, you need to study what kind of ETF or funds you want to put your money in. I won't discuss so much about the different funds as this will make the episode really long. And I plan to have its own episode to give it more time and justice. Anyway, passive investing is just usually going into mutual funds or index funds. Meaning you want someone to manage the money for you in the case of mutual funds and for index funds, you are essentially buying a basket of stocks. But I always prefer going into index funds as it is better and cheaper in the long run compared to mutual funds given how they usually underperform their benchmark and they also charge really high fees, which eats your return in the long run. Now, what is an index fund. I mean, why do I like it? Again, as I've said, it is a basket of stocks that you can buy with only one share. For example, let's say the S&P 500 index. It is a basket of top 500 companies in the US weighted by market capitalization. There you will find the popular ones we all know, like uh, Apple, Google, Facebook, and etc., uh, etc. Et and the S&P 500 index is kind of a proxy to how the U.S. economy is performing. So if you buy a share in in a S&P 500 index fund, your one share is essentially a mix of the 500 companies in the index. So, a single share has like 6% Apple stock, 5% Microsoft, 3% Amazon, and so on. So, this is the beauty of an index fund because buying a share automatically exposes you to a lot of stocks, which most of them can be expensive to buy individually for an investor, like the price of a Google share is $2,500. <laughs> and that's expensive if, especially if you are Filipino and you have a habit of converting everything into peso. <laughs> and also a share of an index fund diversifies you into different industries immediately. As I've said, the index is composed, composed of top 500 companies in the US. So It also includes the top banks, energy, retail, and more. So what's the goal with passive investing? I mean, how would you profit if this is the approach you want to do in the stock market? The profits are are the same in like you invested in common stocks. Because funds like these are traded in what you call ETFs or exchange-traded funds. 
it's essentially the same as a stock where you profit by either capital appreciation or dividends. But the only catch here is your return will depend on what is the market is offering. You can gain more than that if you're investing in an index fund. So let's say the studies show that S&P 500 index since 1957 until 2021 have an annual return of 10.5%, meaning your money will grow by at least 10.5% every year. But of course, the growth will not be a straight line. It will be bumpy and have rough edges. But overall, as time goes by, it smooths out into 10.5% annually. Of course, that's past performance. But but also, this is why I usually recommend people, especially to my fellow uh, seafarers, to go into passive investing because of how easy and a kind of a no-brainer investment. Because you don't need to read the annual financial reports of companies or know more about the management, like the CEO, because you are investing in the economy of a country itself. As the S&P 500 is like a proxy. Of course, it doesn't really represent, but it's still a proxy. So if the USA continues to dominate the global market, then the S&P 500 index will follow also. But of course, you don't need to go 100% passive investing only. It can be a mix, like your portfolio is 60% index funds and the remaining 40% are individual stocks. It's always a matter of personal preference. So with seafarers, I always su- I can suggest that you can go with an automatic investment plan where every month a portion of your salary or allotment goes automatically into your chosen funds. I know in the Philippines, Call Financial and BDO Numura are offering one. We'll talk more into this in future episodes as this is getting longer already for comfort. And yeah, and last notes before the episode ends. And this is important, so if you're listening still, please don't skip this. So this is about why I did not focus much in risk profile or risk appetite of an investor, as I've mentioned in my previous episode. I know this is the usual approach to know whether you should go actively managing your money or going passive. My argument with this is No one really knows what their risk profile is until it happens to them. The best way to explain this is how Jim O'Shaughnessy frames this. He said, if you assess the risk profile of a person just by giving him a, a set of questioners to answer, it's like showing a person a picture of a snake. He won't be scared, of course, because it's just a picture. 
he can go aggressive all he wants. He can say, I have a high risk. I can tolerate this amount of pain and drawdowns in my stocks. But compare the reaction if you throw an actual snake in their lap. <laughs> then the, the, the reaction will not be the same, of course, as with a snake <laughs> picture. <laughs> I know this is kind of an exaggeration, but it really shows that we humans always underestimate risk and overestimate our skills. And and the only time that we really know how much pain or risk that we can take is the time that it happens to us. So my point is, it does not really matter if you're an active or passive investor. We're all still exposed by risk. Of course, it's on different levels, but still. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode. I know this one is maybe kind of long, but I tried my best to be concise and not going in circles. And I am still actually struggling in keeping up schedule of recording episodes as there are really times that work here at sea is tiring and if it's not physically, it's it's mentally. But because I love doing this and sharing what I know gives me joy, so I just continue ahead. Now, if you're listening to this in Spotify or Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave a 5-star rating and also a review you see fit because I've recently known that it helps also with the Discover algorithm of the platform. Now, if you want to reach out to me, you can by email which is soshininvestor at gmail.com. And through my Facebook page, which is the Seafair Investor Podcast. See you in the next episode. Bye!